Warriors. Player code established. Welcome to the program. A production of TheMetalRobot.com Nobody cares about the robot gimmick! Just start the fucking show already! Ugh. Humans are determined assholes. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing post-playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. It's officially the month of October. It feels like this year has gone by so fast, and that may be because it's all molding together into an incoherent blob of, oh god, 2022 is normal now. But on the bright side, Halloween is soon upon us, and people are already getting ready for Christmas. Again, 2022 is normal. On the lineup for tonight, witnesses returns from last week's talk of Dracula, and joining us is Holly Royal of Disconnected Souls to talk the Keen Sokiatoe single and what's next next for the Symphonic Synthway group. In the Metal News Recap, The Big Game has just announced its official non-metal halftime show performance again. Plus, Vector's David DeSanto seems to not get how PR works. But coming up in a few short moments, Slipknot have reached the end so far with the latest album from the new metal giants, plus more new releases from the past week. All this and more, so let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. The Metal Robot Podcast, welcome to the show. It's the first week of October, the month of spooks, and the month of horny drunks slowly crawling out of the caves in preparation for whatever Halloween party they'll be attending at the end of the month. It's always good times. But it's also the beginning of the final quarter for 2022. It's been a hell of a year for sure, for a multitude of fuck ton of different reasons, but we still have three months left of music coming out. By the way, next episode, I'll be sitting down with Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise to talk about what's ahead for us for the final quarter and also what we're excited about. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good time. But for now, let's take a look at the last day of September and see what metal had to offer that day. Also, on the next episode is a request from one of you, so stay tuned for that. As always, if you have any albums you want me to talk about on future episodes of the podcast, send me an email, tmckay at themetalrobot.com. That's T-M-C-K-A-Y at themetalrobot.com. Or you can reach out on my socials, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at the.metalrobot. Now, without further ado, let's take a look at what we've got. The long-awaited follow-up to 2019's We Are Not Your Kind, Slipknot have returned for the end so far. A phrase only uttered by my captor after forcing me to watch Boss Baby for the 73rd time. This album is for sure a different one we're dealing with here. 12 tracks, nearly an hour's worth of music, and it is eclectic and diversified, like a millennial's wedding catering. Who the fuck thought avocado lattes were a good idea? Now, first off with this album, while we still get some heavy pants-shitting new metal that we'd come to expect from the nine totally sane gentlemen, we also get Adderall, the album opener that sounds like Corey Taylor's solo B-side where he got really deep into the Prince and David Bowie catalogs. A bold way to open the album for sure, but honestly, I dig it. For one, it sounds good, and also, it's something you don't expect from a Slipknot album. And you know by now, I eat that shit up every time. We of course do jump into the chaos proper with The Dying Song, but the contrast between those two songs sets the trend for the rest of the album as we dive into almost every musical style you can imagine. With the black metal attitude of Chapeltown Rag, the modern-day Slipknot sound we've been getting in Yen, the kooky crazy sound of Hivemind, a subtle dip into the past with Warranty, and so much more. Though, even with that, the album feels a bit more consistent than you'd be expecting, and probably for the best. While We Are Not Your Kind came close to topping my Best of 2019 list, one of the biggest complaints others had was the lack of consistency. To be honest, that was actually one of my biggest draws, but I can understand why some might not have been into that. It was a more experimental album to get from Slipknot. The experimenting is toned down a bit here as a result, but it is still present in some way. But this album is a fantastic 
fantastic Slipknot album front to back. Everybody is firing on all cylinders, especially, I gotta give major props here, Jay Weinberg. The dude is a mechanical monster behind that kit. My head's just spinning thinking about the shit that he's doing here. It's nuts. Interesting tidbit about this album too. On top of being the last one with Roadrunner Records, Jim Root, one of the guitarists, claims that his thoughts on the end so far were mixed before the album even came out, because for this specific reason, he feels they didn't use Joe Barnes, the album's producer, to his full potential due to COVID restrictions. So what he's saying here is that this album is with the producer working with his hands behind his back. If that's the case, this dude must be a God. But for real, a great collection of songs and for 58 minutes, it flies by faster than Master Uguay on speed. That's some serious shit. 14 and a half out of 15, go check it out. Seriously, this is one you don't want to miss out on. Gone Mage's Handheld Demise. If you recall, I had Gone Mage on the show not too long ago talking about his last EP, Master of Disgust, and now he has returned with a full album of chiptune black metal. 43 minutes of ear-raping catchy chiptune metal? Sign me up! It is a weird sensation though, feeling my ears bleed 8-bit pixels of blood. It's chilling, yet satisfying. But let's talk about the music. You get a lot more than just black metal mixed with Nintendo video game soundtracks. A lot of styles are mixed into this concoction of tunes. From black metal, pop punk, metalcore, death metal, and whatever the fuck Maroon 5 is. Oh, you think he doesn't fit in there somewhere? Oh, just you wait for that when you hit play on this fucking thing. Compositionally speaking, the ideas are well put together and flow greatly into each other. And in parts where the white noise machine was turned off, like the ending of the suffering and endurance leading into the opening of slowly I watch the shockwave, it sounds really nice. It's a nice piano medley mixed in with a bit of that video game synth sound, and it works really well, especially when the drums come back with that alt-rock beat and lo-fi clean vocals. But of course you, dear listener, are fine with that, but haven't been able to look past the sound of my ear blood dripping down like the Pac-Man death sound effect. So what gives? Well, yeah, I joke about it, but I'll be honest, the mix is terrible. Although it feels intentional here. Think about it, you heard the music in the intro, right? Nobody thinks to send the masters through a guitar amp before being put to plastic without some intent involved. And there's a reason for that too. In many ways, it captures the sound of music being played through an old TV at a high volume or 8-bit Nintendo music being played through the DS all those years ago at full blast because you forgot to turn it down after handing it to Helen Keller. The production and mixing sounds like ass sent through a cheese grater, but our boy Galimjim did this on purpose, no doubt about it. Does that make it sound good? I don't know. Maybe? It's hard to gauge, to be honest. I do appreciate the uniqueness of this being so different different from anything I usually hear, I also know that I'm a special snowflake whose hearing has gone downhill over the years of listening to music like this, like the speakers in the opening to Back to the Future. So your mileage may vary, but if you can listen past the distorted masters, you might find some cool musical ideas at play here that are in many ways kind of refreshing. 11 out of 15, the sound quality is a big downfall for it, but with it being intentional and some seriously good song crafting involved, it's worth the 8-bit earblood. Oh, this is some good shit right here. Arctora's debut album, The Storm Is Over. Finnish blackened melodic death metal, invoking the sounds of the northerners in the cold conditions of the Norse in all the best ways. Holy shit, I'm in love with this album. First off, it's a straight blackened death metal album. The riffs and drums are heavier than Thor's hammer and are destroying the speakers like hella crushing Thor's hammer in Ragnarok. Not to mention, those vocals are deep and filthy, giving me sort of Amon Amarth vibes. While the solos are so exquisite, it makes me want to wrap it in burger buns, chew it, then sew my asshole shut. Delicious. 
And that's where the melodic part comes in. This album is filled with catchy melodic death metal riffs, chords, and leads to help set the tone and atmosphere for the entire release. Over the span of 53 minutes, you're going to be getting some sick-sounding MDM with a blackened edge, probably some of the best you might have heard all year. I'm serious for this being up there. 2022 has seen a strong year for MDM. It's so fucking sick. And yeah, this one's up there too. I wouldn't be surprised if the end of the year list features just 10 MDM albums low-key. With forceful drums holding the foundation to low, thunderous bass work playing alongside grooving melodic riffs directing the songs forward in a clear way to melodic leads and solos, the clean and well-produced sounding production and mixing, and those fucking growls. I can't recommend this album enough for you. Seriously, is there anything I don't like about this album? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Okay, I will say at least that if you're not a blackened metal fan, maybe you might not be immediately interested, but do me a favor, shut that voice up and get this album. 14 and a half out of 15. That is two 14 and a half out of 15 ratings on this episode. I'm having a great week. Oh god, can I even pronounce this name? Hold on a second. Uh... Really? Wow, those letter accents really throw you off, don't they? So, Sinzei Shasatri and the new album Ultima Loop, Pagan Blackened Deathcore from Romania. It's a really cool sounding album that pulls no punches throughout. Mix of tech, death, and black metal, MDM, and progressive metal, and you have an album that is eclectic while also being scary. Seriously, in the promo, I was told that the opening alone was supposed to lull me into a false sense of security before the mayhem begins. But check out our first about the one and nobs That sense of security is joined by the smell of mud snakes in my pants. Yeah, this album is actually a cool mix of all those styles, and it works surprisingly well. The guitars are tight in the rhythms and are flying relentlessly across the fretboard. The bass is laying down that foundation with the crazy drum work in the fills and main blast beats. The growls and screams are also excellent. However, when the clean singing comes in later in the album, it doesn't work as well, I'll be honest. The dude can still bust a high note and hold his own well, but for some reason, they decided to double-track the clean lines, and it always sounds like they're off all the time. It just kind of takes me out of it, I don't know. But apart from that, no real complaints from me, no deal-breakers here. Especially with the dark gothic tone set with the synth choirs, you get a unique-sounding album that is meant to make your head shake and your legs quake. Aside from the clean vocal production, I again have no real complaints with this album. It's a bit intense for some, but let's be real here. If you're listening to this podcast, you're fine. Like, I just reviewed an album that was filtered through a distortion pedal, cranked up past 11 and into the stratosphere. At this point, there's nothing you can't handle. 13 and a half out of 15, go check it out, you won't regret it. And that's it for reviews. Like I said earlier, send your emails to tmckay at themetalrobot.com or reach out on my socials for any albums you would like covered on the podcast or on the main YouTube show. Coming up, what happens when you mix Japanese folk music with symphonic synthwave metal? It's an oddly specific question, I know, but we'll have the answer for you when we sit down with Holly Royal of Disconnected Souls right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. 15 plus artists, multiple cultures, multiple languages, one almost unpronounceable name. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homiusius. How? There's 20 O's! It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homiusius, a symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving core fest. What genres? Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night! For fuck's sake! <laughs> Well, we can't stop a bad phone battery. You can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. I'm just a troll. Like, I just I just don't give a, a crap. Can I say that? <laughs> uh, honestly, I've been saying fuck this entire time, so by all means. <laughs> MRP Throwbacks. Only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. It's not too late. 
Konnichiwa, that sounded white as hell. Welcome back to the Metal Robot Podcast. Our first guest is a jack of all trades, as it were, working in PR and being the keyboardist for Disconnected Souls, which is a symphonic synthwave metal project out of the UK. They recently released their latest single, Kinso Kiya Rorie, earlier this year, and the mix of synthwave and hogaku, traditional Japanese folk music, for sure was a delight to hear, as you heard in the opening. But the question becomes, was that intentional? So, I sit down with the project's keyboardist to learn more about the song, the influences, and how they mix the those two styles together. Plus, you can hear in real time why waking up early doesn't usually work for me. Yes, it was only 11.30 in the morning, but man, I am not a morning person, so do not judge me. So here we go. Please welcome Holly Royal to the Metal Robot Podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. <laughs> I just hit record. I just yeah. went with that. I don't think you were ready for that. <laughs> Well, well, no worries, no worries, no worries. Well, welcome. It is, uh, it's still pretty early for me. It's like 1130 in the morning, which I know many people are thinking that's not early. It's, it's early for me. Okay. Just go with it. I've got my coffee instead of a beer. Okay. Mm. But anyways, Holly, welcome have, to the show. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I was just going to say, you have far more energy than I do at half 11 in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it's what the show calls for. So I go with it. But I'm obviously I'm here with uh, Holly Royal of Disconnected Souls. Tell me more about Disconnected Souls, by the way. Uh, where are you guys from? What kind of music do you make? Yeah, sure. So we are based in a city called Chester in the UK. Um, we are a sort of weird collective ensemble of um, sort of alternative musicians and we do all sorts of weird, heavy, experimental, progressive stuff. So some stuff goes more down the metalcore route, some stuff will go down like the gothic route. We just kind of do whatever we feel like at the time. So yeah, yeah everything. just kind of a collective of different styles and different, uh, yeah. I'm guessing it's because like there's a lot of members in the band that have very different mm -hmm. styles and different, uh, like, like different places of inspiration of some kind, correct? Yes. Yeah. So we all have I mean, we all sort of listen to everything and anything musically. So like we'll listen to everything from like K-pop right through to the extreme death metal. Um, so we have so many musical influences, which is just so nice. And then like, yeah, thematically, we love, you know, we love Dungeons and Dragons and all that nerdy stuff and science and fantasy. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing is off limits, like that, philosophy, literature, all that good stuff. So that is such a diverse yeah, a range. Yeah. Very diverse is, range overall. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So uh, how did the band come about? From what I understand, uh, Matthew Fletcher was wrapping up with Curse of Dawn and was looking to start a new side project. So he wrote the name Disconnected Souls years before the band actually formed. But yes. what's the origin from your perspective? So I joined um, in early 2018. So when I joined, uh, yeah, Matthew Fletch, um, Patrick and Tim were already sort of jamming through starting to write some stuff. Um, so I kind of joined in, I guess, partway through the writing progress um, uh, process. And then we started really focusing on uh, getting the Warring Elements EP like together and, and actually writing songs with the purpose of releasing them. Um, so I guess it kind of, yeah, end of 2017, that sort of time was actually getting moving as a project, really. So you guys are still working on the uh, the Warring Elements EP. Like, How quickly did you end up gelling with the band? Uh, how Like when you started... When you joined, mm. how quickly did it take to be able to get comfortable with the rest of the band? Surprisingly quickly, because I, I hadn't known them for very long at all. Um, I kind of met them all when I moved here to university because I'm from Manchester originally. Um, so, yeah, I kind of just, I don't know, fell into the, fell into the group as you do. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of nice because all of my previous bands, I'd always wanted to get into the realms of metal. And, but it was only me who wanted to. Everyone else was more like rock and indie alternative. So it was kind of like, wow, I am surrounded by people who want to do a metal band. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was, wow, yes, I can do what I want to do. Okay, I feel no, I, I I feel you on that one on a spiritual level of some kind because I like I in outside of the show I am friends with only people who don't listen to metal and it kind of drives me nuts in a way but oh, like okay. yeah but like here on the show like I like obviously I talk with a lot of people who are into metal who listen to metal who make metal 
And so that is a huge stark contrast between the show and real life. So I, I think I feel you on that one. But one thing I found interesting when I was uh, doing the research and coming the research phase for this interview, uh, I, I knew already you were working with C Squared Music Marketing. Uh, we're talking about your PR side here. But what I didn't know until now was that you actually had a gig uh, with Deviant PR. Uh, what, what's your role with the firm? And are you still with them as yeah. of recording? Yeah, so that is basically how I started actually working in music PR because it's my company so I just kind of I finished my master's degree and I was like right I'm gonna try setting up by myself and see where this goes yeah C-Squad kind of makes me a bit more viable because I also get work from them so it's kind of things are kind of like oh well I'm sort of like a competitor of my of <laughs> of like C-Squared but it kind of so far it's working fine um I haven't had any complaints from Curtis yet anyway so you know yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I, th- I think it's going good, pretty good myself being on the mailing list. You talked about this with the C-squared guys uh, back at, uh, in 2021. Uh, but what do you think are the benefits of freelance versus full-time work? Oh, for me, it gives me quite a lot of freedom to do other things as well. So, I mean, obviously disconnected souls is super important to me. So it's nice that I'm able to fit work around music and music around work if that kind of makes sense it kind of works both ways um I'm because I'm also studying at the moment as well so I do have to fit university work in there somewhere um so for me the flexible ability is really really important um it brings its own challenges it's definitely a little bit stressful you know when maybe having some months and there's not many clients and you're thinking oh good god I've got no income yeah (laughs) but um that's you know the kind of the early stages it's a bit is a bit scary but um I think yeah being sort of I guess more of a creative person and having various different you know things in different pies so to speak it's been really nice to do a job that I really enjoy doing but it also allows me to do everything else and you wouldn't be able to do that with uh full-time work I'm guessing no not really no I know because I kind of think Oh, maybe maybe I should just sort of go and do an adulting job that is expected of us, <laughs> and you know, be able to afford to pay a mortgage and everything. Um, but then I think, no, that's not that's not as fun. And I appreciate that's a really privileged thing to say that I, you know, yeah. I get to choose what I get to do. But um, it's it, it is it's amazing if you get to do it. So yeah, you're definitely in a good position at that point if you're able to do music uh, and pursue music as well as be able to still have an income of some kind. So I think I think yeah. you're definitely yeah. on the right Very track lucky. with that one. Very lucky indeed. Um, uh, I do want to apologize to the listener right now. We are uh, having a bit of internet issues, but hopefully like, we'll work it out as we go along. It doesn't sound too bad thus far, but we are getting a few of the glitching moments. But as we're dealing with that, as we're going along, let's talk about Disconnected Souls, who recently released the new single, uh, I hope I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Kind Sukoroi. Uh, <laughs> if I did not pronounce that correctly, I am so sorry. Uh, but... It's already out on all platforms. You can check it out. Uh, listening to the song and looking at the album cover, of course, it's got the signature disconnected souls sound of not being signature whatsoever. But it's also yeah. got a part of me like looking at listening to the song and looking at the album cover. It's also got a, a part of me is getting some uh, Hokagu vibes with be, mixing in with the symphonic and electronic metal sound. How much inspiration, if any, did you guys take from traditional Japanese folk music? So I'll be honest, I'm not the best person to answer this, um, but I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, can, uh, I mean, I'm, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I was saying Kitsukore, but I don't know if it's Kitsukore. You want other two, we'll go with it. Um, it was sort of Patrick's vision and he was really interested in the concept. Um, and so I started writing a yeah writing a song which it is quite an emotional song if you sort of look into the lyrics and kind of know a bit of the backstory um and it's sort of a yeah you know what sometimes you go through really bad experiences but you can still come out the other side and enjoy life and try and make the best of it and all that side of thing um so yeah there were definitely traditional um Japanese influences going in and we definitely wanted to include some elements to, to link with the concept so that it all kind of made sense. Um, but yeah, I'm afraid I can't go into the exact influences because I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, and so you said this is uh this was Patrick's vision of sorts. Uh, cue yeah. the Zack Snyder uh, memes right now. But um, when it comes to like uh, Patrick's ideas for this song, like, what, like do you know how much uh, of 
Japanese folk culture or anything of that sort that he's into? Is that something that he is very he's has a specialty much, in? Yeah, he's much more knowledgeable on uh, Japanese culture and and everything. So it was it was really interesting having him sort of bring the that's made quite familiar with and Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, hold on a second. There's a bit of connection here. We got some robot Holly going on here. Hold up, hold up. All right, we're still here? Yep, I can see you. I can hear you. Okay, good. Because we got like half of, we got like a little bit of that answer followed by like a few minutes of robot Holly. So let's try to backtrack a little bit. So we were talking about uh, Patrick's uh, Japanese uh, cultural, like like his interest in that. Yes. What did I say? Right. um, (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of nice that he, it's something that he's fascinated by and he sort of knows the ins and outs of it a lot better than, for example, I do. Um, So yeah, having Patrick bring in something that's very special and very important to him into Disconnected Souls, it's really nice because then we all... Yeah, sort of bring our own specialties, if you like, into all of the songs that we that we write. Um, we have a bit of a strange songwriting process. So some of our stuff is really collaborative and then some of it is one person or a couple of people will take the lead idea and run with it. So it was kind of nice. That, yeah, Kinsakura is kind of an example of what happens when like Patrick's in the driving seat, <laughs> for example, <laughs> whereas our previous single, you like, um previous single Patrick or is kind of that was mostly me so that's kind of my weird etherealiness so you kind of get a little bit of a taste of each member with each which song that we do so that's yeah, pretty good yeah and plus like we're uh we're already seeing I believe a, a few uh, a few pieces and teasers for some upcoming disconnected souls uh music because we saw on um Facebook as of a few days ago at the time of recording this there's a quick teaser of some uh some new kind of metalcore kind of synth Cesia, uh, what when can we expect anything more from from you guys, and when can we expect whatever that was? Yeah, <laughs> That's the thing we will just call it the thing. Um, the thing. I can't tell you when that will be coming out yet because I'm not quite sure when that will be finished. Um, I imagine next year sometime. Our, I mean, our main goal in the near future is to release um, a rather epic album, I guess. It's quite. A, it's going to be quite a big album, um, but we're not quite there yet. So that's kind of why we're just doing the singles at the moment, so that hopefully people get a little bit of a taste of what's going on um, in the lead up to it. So we definitely have more singles coming. We have a very exciting music video coming, hopefully early next year, assuming everything goes well. It could all go wrong yet, so don't hold me to that. <laughs> Um, no yeah, promises here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, like, how many how many songs do you already have written for this potential album in the, some distant future? <laughs> That's a good question. We've got about some of them are practically finished. Some of them are about sort of halfway there. I'd say around twenty so far. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> My I, God, I, I, it's be a big album. <laughs> Well, I can't wait now. Holy shit. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, this interview definitely ran a bit shorter than I was expecting, but that's okay because uh, I do, we can end off with the ultimate final question for this interview. If you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? <laughs> I, th- I think the question broke Holly for a second. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, I had robot Tom there for a bit. Um, okay. <laughs> So that's why the question broke, Holly. Okay, so the question was, if you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? Oh, okay. Oh, oh that's the question. I can I can only think of like Frosties at the minute, so I'm going to go with the tiger. Yeah. Like, t- yeah. <laughs> <go with> <laughs> they are great. Yeah. The- <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Holly, once again, for coming on the show. Disconnected Souls has uh, lots of great music. Uh, Kintsuko Roy, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Go check it out. You'll you'll know what it says when you see it. Go check it out. It's available now on all platforms. Holly, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been good fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
That was Holly Royal of Disconnected Souls and C-Squared Music Marketing. The new single is Kinso Kia Royer. I will one day get that pronunciation right. It's available now on all streaming services and on Bandcamp. You can check it out through the link in the podcast description. Also, if you're looking for PR as an artist or a band, C-Squared is a great place to get it. This isn't sponsored, but I've been working with co-founder Curtis Diller for years, and he and Corey Westbrook are a true force to be reckoned with in PR, working with plenty of other bands all over the world, including many of the bands that you hear me talk to on this show. They actually helped push my debut EP to thousands of people and get featured on various websites. And Holly also does great work with bios for them, so that's something you can look forward to as well. I'll leave the website link in the podcast description so you can check them out and see for yourself. Okay, let's take a quick sec right here. We'll be right back with the Metal News of the Week, plus witnesses to follow right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. This week's Metal News Recap is brought to you by MySanity. Everything is so depressing! Why? To stay up to date with the latest in the metal scene, check out TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com. This is MRE News. The weekly metal news recap is, as always, chipping away at my sanity, but that's okay because it never really existed to begin with. (laughs) There's quite a few stories to talk about, one of which you've actually probably heard to death, but I feel I can put in my two cents as what I have to say you probably are not expecting. Let's start with that story. The 2023 Super Bowl halftime show has found its main act. The mega event, which is set to take place during Super Bowl 57 on February 12th, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona, has signed on none other than Rihanna to be the coveted halftime performer. Yes, the big game has come upon us once again. Now, whether you followed football or you've just been interested in the commercials, this is a story you've heard about at some point this week. The announcement of the halftime show came out early in the week, and it's official. Rihanna has been chosen to perform, and metal fans are not surprised. I mean, we're confused, but not surprised. It is confusing, though. As one rock fan pointed out on Twitter, all you hear in most NFL stadiums during games is hard rock heavy metal. Yet, when it comes to the big game, bands like Metallica don't even get a sniff. Yeah, I'll be honest, even I'm getting tired of this, though not for the reason you might be thinking. It's because this year they've actually gone backwards into bad habits. Let me explain. Since 2011, we've only seen pop acts. And I do only mean pop acts. 2010 was the last time we saw a rock band take the stage, and it was The Who. Not a bad one to look at for sure, but look at the performers that came after. The Black Eyed Peas in 2011, Madonna in 2012, then Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Katy Perry, Coldplay, well, okay, you can debate if they count as rock, but then Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, back for round two, without Janet Jackson this time. Not sure why. Maroon 5 to follow, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, then The Weeknd. All of those are, in some form or another, mainstream pop artists. It was the same throughout that entire time. The only exception is last year, with the biggest hip-hop collaboration ever, with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blanche, and Kendrick Lamar. This was the first hip-hop performance in halftime show history, so I'd say it's a monumental show for that particular reason. Yes, it's not metal, I know, and yes, it's also mainstream, but it's not like we're not doing that ourselves. You can't look me dead in the eye and tell me that Metallica, Black Sabbath, and Iron Maiden are underground bands. Going back to that important 2022 halftime show, it showed that the organizers and promoters are able to step even a little bit outside of the norm. This year, though, yet another pop act. No offense to Rihanna, I know people really like her and her music, but this is a step back to the same bland routine of pop act after pop act after pop act. They're going backwards so hard here, I wouldn't be surprised if five years from now, they'll be announcing that they brought Michael Jackson back from the dead to do the halftime show then. Look, I work in commercial radio, so in many ways, I understand why the NFL went with Rihanna. She's well-liked, she doesn't get into too many controversies, at least not by her doing, and if you look at her numbers on Apple Music, next year's sponsor, by the way, she does have quite a bit of pull. Still, I think it would be sick to get a metal band to perform for a football game at least once. Just to shake it up a little bit, you know? We know you can do it, and we have plenty of options to offer in the metal scene. Even if you don't want Metallica, 
America. Again, like we've got Black Sabbath, a possible reunion with Ozzy and Tommy. Iron Maiden is still going strong, and they have no controversies, not any major ones at least. So aside from those, again, plenty of options. Just pick one already. Jeez Louise, happiness is not that difficult. It's about time for this if you ask me. Avenged Sevenfold have finally finished the recording and mixing for their next album. Okay, 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 hold on. I get it. We all have mixed feelings on Avenged as a metal band, but honestly, take a chance somewhere else, please, and thank you. So, this album comes years after the stage in 2016 and had been talked up to death by the band, as well as held up by the Rona. But the announcement came on Brooks Wackerman's Instagram, which featured the band with producer Andy Wallace and is simply captioned, Done. Sometimes the best words is just one. The album's also been mixed by Wallace, who's been mixing every A7X album since City of Evil. Now, the only thing that's left, aside from being put to plastic, is the mastering. And personally, I'm excited for this. If all goes well, we might be seeing this album either closer to the end of 2022 or early 2023, so we'll have to wait to hear how that turns out. Okay, so technically this actually wasn't last week, but this story broke on Sunday and I felt I had to talk about this. John Schaefer, Iced Earth frontman and racist Santa, has gone MIA. Let me break this one down for you. So, Schaefer, along with 30 other Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, are being sued by District of Columbia Attorney General Carl Racine for their involvement in the January 6th insurrection last year. Since then, he's pled guilty to two charges out of six, which included obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress and trespassing on restricted grounds of the Capitol while armed with a deadly or dangerous weapon. As part of the guilty plea agreement, he was cooperating with authorities and was allowed to be set free. But now, he mysteriously disappeared. A report by the Republic states that the process server was trying to hand-deliver the notice of the suit, but after, quote, at least 25 separate attempts to serve Schaefer at seven different addresses across three different states, they can't seem to find him. Now, right now, we don't know if U.S. federal law enforcement officials even know where Bad Santa is, nor do we know if they believe he violated the terms of the plea agreement. Now, if there are any updates this week, I'll be sure to update you on the next episode. But as of right now, speculation is that he's probably hiding like the pussy that he is. Blabbermouth stated that he was believed to have been hiding in a multitude of different places across the country. But as the Republic says as well, servers did recently try a mobile home in Auburndale, Florida, that had two vehicles with Indiana plates parked outside. They apparently tried to serve him there at least five times, but the guy won't answer the door. Will Schaefer eventually get served? We'll have to wait and see. Hello, this is David DeSanto of Vector. I just want to take a couple minutes to set the record straight about the rumors surrounding me. Oh, this should be fucking good. That was David DeSanto of progressive thrash metal band Vector. Now, we talked a bit about this story in the last episode, but to give you context on what the fuck is going on, Vector, a couple of weeks ago, was signed and then dropped by Century Media. Century Media hasn't given an official response as to why, but it might have something to do with the controversy that frontman David DeSanto found himself in 2019 after being accused by his now ex-wife of physical and verbal abuse. She even posted a video showing him throwing her onto the bed, throwing a pillow at her, and yelling at her to leave me alone. Now, I couldn't find the original video, but here is the best that I could find uploaded to Metal All. Not a good sound, nor look. That was back in 2019. The band then went on hiatus and didn't come back until this year with a new lineup. David DeSanto, though, still in the lineup. And that's when all this other stuff started happening, including that controversy resurfacing. But after all this, on the past Tuesday, DeSanto posted an official video statement talking about all of this, giving his side of the story. Now, we've heard Katie's side, so I'm going to play for you a little bit of David's side, his telling of the story. It's just over a minute, but it's worth hearing the entire thing. In early 2019, he was still being potty trained and he left a little poo on the stairs in the middle of the night after I had gone to bed. It was around midnight when I was woken up by my wife standing next to the bed, repeatedly slapping my head, pulling my hair and digging into my chest with her nails, screaming and yelling at me to pick up his poop immediately. I kept telling her to leave me alone. It can wait until the morning but she wouldn't stop after what seemed like 30 minutes. I finally stood up and was cornered against the wall between the bed and my dresser. I asked her to move so I could do the things she was asking, 
but she wouldn't budge and kept instigating and escalating the situation. So I picked her up and moved her onto the bed out of my way so I could get by. I then threw a pillow and reiterated to her, leave me alone. That's the truth and reality of what took place before and during that video. Some people might not think that's a very big deal, but I wanna make perfectly clear that I am truly sorry and embarrassed for how I reacted to the situation. So that's his side of the story. Now, I am glad that he apologized, but this whole thing kind of just sounds scripted and template apology video kind of thing. Plus, I just played you the video, and your boy David was totally downplaying what happened. Also, you forgot to mention the holes in your bedroom door that she also posted to her Instagram around the same time. Not sure how you could forget about that, my guy. Now, reactions on the internet for this statement are sort of split, but it does seem most are happy about this apology and explanation. But that still isn't going to change anything, despite what DeSanto hopes will happen. Hopefully people will eventually be able to judge us on our music and not our personal lives, my personal life. I'm continuing to better myself every day in all aspects of my life. It's a shame that we lost a record deal because of lies and slander but we'll keep doing our best, continue to grow, and rise above the challenges. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but that's not how PR works. Here's the thing you need to understand, my boy. The problem isn't Vector. The problem is you. Regardless of what the facts are, even if you're telling the truth, Katie basically fucked you with a rusty spoon with that video. It looks really bad on you, and as a result, looks bad on the band so long as you're in it. If you really want people to judge the music rather than your personal life, here's what I suggested in the last episode. Look, I know his voice and guitar work made the band's sound, but if DeSanto isn't thrown out of the band the same way he threw his wife, that's a stigma that you'll never be able to get rid of, and it will follow this band forever, even if he's changed, and even if he's innocent like he claims to be. The unfortunate reality is, David, the best thing that you can do for Vector is to distance yourself entirely so that we can judge the music. It sucks, but that is the reality of the situation. And that's a wrap for our weekly metal news recap. Links to all the sources used can be found in the podcast description if you want to do further reading into the stories talked about on this show. Okay, we've got one last thing for you tonight before we wrap up and send everyone back home. So don't go away. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Metal addicts call it symbiosis between extreme metal and classical music. Cult Metal Flick says cinematic landscapes collide with atmosphere. Tom McKay says, it's the reason my veins are filled with caffeine. Wait, what? I can't help it. I'd rather write awesome metal than sleep. Give me a fucking ambient, please. Call to the Demon Sultan is out now on all streaming platforms. And while you're at it, pick up some cool merch by going to metalrobotreviews.creatorspring.com or check the links in the podcast description. Stream now. Looking to stay up to date on all things Metal Robot? No, not really. What? Why? I don't listen to metal. How are you listening to this podcast? I thought it was Joe Rogan. We're going to pretend he didn't say that. Follow the show wherever you tread on social media. Facebook and Twitter. At The Metal Robot. Instagram. At The Dot Metal Robot. You can even join the Metal Robot Discord server. We have fun there. Links to all of that and more in the description of this podcast. Follow now. You're listening to MRP, The Metal Robot Podcast. Okay, we're close to the end of the night. One more thing for you here. We have talked last week with Greg Schwann about his project Witnesses, the new EP he put out, the Holy Water EP, and the use of Dracula's side characters to tell his story. This week, we're shifting gears a little bit to talk about the other music of the project, how long it takes to make a Witness collection of songs, and when we can expect some more from him down the line. So, let's take a wooden stake at the heart of Witness's entire behind-the-scenes and dig our fangs into the veins of what makes the project pump. Yes, I know, I'm getting a bit heavy-handed with the puns. But hey, when I want to suck your blood, I will suck. 
I will suck. You know what? Forget it. Let's just get into it. This is Greg Schwann of Witnesses Part 2. But let's talk about 4 for a second because you had another, th this al other album released back in March of this year, correct? The vinyl, the vinyl came out in March, yeah. Ah, okay. See, yeah. I was worried about that for a second because I know that um, when usually when bands release projects so close together, there's always the concern of, oh God, did this band rush the rush this new yeah. album? Did it? Yeah. Did they put time into it? Um, so, uh, but how quickly were you able to actually come up with these three songs for this EP? Was it immediately after the vinyl or were these already sitting on your hard drive? Right. Good question. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's kind of like, cause I just write, like, I don't, you know, I'm not, going back to your first question, right? I don't spend any time touring. I don't spend any time in rehearsal. I just write. So your point's well taken, right? About rushing, about moving too fast, about keeping the bar high. But at the same time, I don't give a fuck, really. Like, this is my art. It's not a business. I don't care about marketing in that sense. I want people to hear my shit, but I'm not, this is not some profit-driven thing where I have cycles and managers. I'm like so far from that. I'm just some guy, right? And so anything that I'm happy with, I will release. And if it's close together and that kind of makes a little bit of a cluster and a little bit dense, I don't really care. I, you know, I'm going to be, we're all fucking dead in the end. Anyway, I want to get this shit out. Um, and so uh, I don't, I don't fully remember, but I think witnesses four and the poltergeist one EP were probably written around the same time, which might be 2019. And then, yeah, I'm going to struggle with this, but keep in mind that like witnesses four came out a year before the vinyl, because I wasn't sure if I was going to do the vinyl it's prohibitively expensive and it's the supply chain issues and stuff. Maybe not supply chain, maybe more like Adele, like getting 500,000 copies of her record, like kind of messed up materials and stuff. So that took a good six to nine months um, before, after the digital release. Um, so in a sense, there's a lot of space, but then there's also the collapse, which came out on Halloween last year. So I don't know. I'm kind of like, I tend to work on multiple things at once. It's not a series. Right. So I'm doing a lot in parallel. Keeps it interesting for me. Uh, and and just it's liberating, right? To not have to be not to just have to go from one to the next. You know, just doing a lot of different things as creativity or as they reveal themselves, as creativity guides you. It's kind of how I work. And uh because you're doing all this stuff at the same time, I'm, this is taking up a lot of your free time, I'm assuming. how's the all this of it. sounds like a very personal question, but how is the work-life balance between those? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's outside of my day job. It, it's basically all my time, basically. Um, I mean, I have, I'm, I'm happily married, so I have that too. Um, but I just, Einar Selvig from Vardruna said once in an interview that he has to do it. Like he has to do Vardruna or maybe not Vardruna, but he has to do art. And that's, that's kind of where I'm. It's an obsession. Um, so don't get me wrong. I take breaks. Um, like there are times where I don't write or even play for weeks at a time. Uh, so I need that. Um, but the thing is, is like, again, kind of going back to what we talked about before, like I don't have to negotiate with anyone. <laughs> like I, I, like I don't have some other guitar player who's like, Oh, let me get my ideas. Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> everything is up to me. And so there's just very few obstacles. The only obstacle is my own satisfaction with it and any session people that I need to hire. So I can move pretty fast and I record everything here. Um, so that also makes it really super easy. I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I kind of feel terrified to ask this, but are we going to get a third thing from Swindices this year or are you just waiting for the next blood moon to rise? <laughs> no, no, I can't. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> okay. spent. Um, I mean, so there, there's the cassette release of um, the Holy Water EP, but that, that's coming out at the same time as the digital. Um, so in terms of like another doom album or another atmospheric thing, no, no, no. I, in fact, you know, again, kind of to an earlier point, like um, I, I really want to take my time with the next few releases because if the bar was here, I'm, I'm putting it up here now um, because there are just a few things I think as an artist or even as like a craftsman, if you want to put it that way, um, you reach plateaus, right? I'm not sure if you play an instrument, but like you reach plateaus, right? You're just like, man, I, I, I haven't gotten better at guitar in six months. I'm doing the exact same shit. And I think writing is the same way. 
right? You're just like, man, my ideas like of the past six months haven't really stepped things up. It's just kind of more of the same. And I feel like as a writer, I'm kind of right. I'm kind of at a plateau right now. And I really want to get off it before I release anything else. Yeah, I do know the feeling because I, I am a guitar player, actually. Uh, I'm yeah. also a vocalist. Like I've done, I've oh, been okay. through this. Uh, I've been through this point before because uh, I just yeah, recently, this is a bit of self-promo here, forgive me. But I also oh, really, I released an EP earlier okay. this year. I've got other things in the works as well, but even I'm feeling like this has kind of got to step up a little bit from where I've been. Exactly. I got to get back into like the practicing of the guitar. I've got to get back into like maybe working a bit more, tweaking some of the things I've got. So I do yep. know the feeling of like, uh, you feel like you plateaued at some point. Absolutely. It could be in production, technical skill, writing. There's a lot of different plateaus you can hit. And I kind of feel like I'm on a huge one right now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. Like, let's, let's, let's make sure that I don't get complacent. And, um, and, and I, I, I'm thinking very ambitiously for the next stuff. So it's going to take a little more time. So next year, hopefully something. Now I do, uh, this ran a little bit shorter than I was expecting, but I do have one question I do want to ask. And this is the most important one. Okay. I always ask every single person, if you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? <laughs> What? Um, this is the most important question above all else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because like, what did I, what did I, what cereal did I eat when I was a kid? Fruit Loops. Um, that was kind of my jam, I think. But Toucan Sammy kind of sucks, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really not good. I'm just going to say Count Chocula because it goes so well with what we talked about earlier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a very popular response, I must say. I appreciate it. Oh, shoot. Okay. All okay. right. Well, <laughs> Oh, you're hoping to be like super different? Like, well, shit, uh, what's some obscure cereal I know? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was hoping I'd be a little bit more original. Okay. But, uh, I mean, he's cool, right? I guess. No, I know you know what? I, I, I always tell, I, I tell people this whenever they ask, because like the most unique answer I've gotten was actually from Akiavel, uh, uh, the vocalist Ore. Her response was, can I be the milk? Wait, that's... <laughs> I was like, well, you know what? I don't have a response to that. So sure, go for it. I mean, that's more of an ingredient than a character. It's more of an ingredient, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I didn't question it then. I don't think I should be questioning it now. But (laughs) So, uh, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. Shout out anything that you've got coming up. Uh, Anything that you're doing, anything you want to shout out. You got the floor. Well, shout out to you. Thanks for supporting me and having me on. It means a lot, actually. Um, and then the, the thing I would just say is that, you know, the Holy Water EP has six cassettes left and I don't plan to make any more. Um, so if you're into that cassette thing, which it seems like way more people are than I ever would have expected in 2022, <laughs> um, this is it. There's six left. So if you like the sounds and you want that kind of like collector's item or you honestly like the sound of cassettes, um, it's, it's there and that's it. Um, but otherwise... 2023. See you then. <laughs> 2023. See you then. All right. Well, Greg, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Okay. Cheers. Have a, have a good night. And we will because the moon is full and my hunger for your blood grows ever stronger. Okay. I'm done. Sorry. This was Greg Schwan of Witnesses. I don't know when we'll get another one from him for sure. But in the meantime, the Holy Water EP is out now. Go check it out and all the other Witnesses music through the link in the podcast description. What a way to start out October, eh? Nothing says month of horror like talking with James Woods about vampires. Damn it, I promised I wouldn't do that anymore. Oh well, old habits die hard, I guess, like my addiction to sugar drinks, even though it's probably prevented me from having a drinking problem for years. Or has it? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. Is this ADHD mindfuck interesting to you? I never know. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. The Reign of Fire plays once more. Here's what we got coming up on the show. Canadian symphonic death metal in the form of Blood of Indigo joins us. I sit down with Alex and Tarami and Nathan Gross to talk about that new album, Dawn of the Shaded World. Also, with the final quarter of 2022, what can we start to look forward to in the coming months before we ring in the new year? All this and more next week. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. You can also 
also check out everything Metal Robot on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, podcasts, press, and so much more. Special thanks to Holly Royal and Greg Schwann for coming on the show, and of course to our talented co-producer Anna for turning the robot gears and getting those pyrotechnics to work. I could never figure that out myself, to be honest. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. Thank you.